Greetings, adventure. Welcome to D20 Academy. I'm your host, Shalo Kanishiro, and today is episode 6, Reviewing Races, Part 1. Alright, so today and tomorrow, I'm going to be looking at the 9 base races that you can play as a player character um, that are in the player's handbook, and just looking over each one, um, kind of the base descriptions of what they are and what they do and what they're like. And then I'll also be talking about what playing one can be like and what you can do if you play that kind of uh, race. So I talked a little bit yesterday about races, uh, classes, and all those kind of things. And I briefly went over, um, you know, whether you're going to prioritize making, choosing your race or your class or your your character's backstory, things like that. But a race is something that you choose when you create your character uh, at the beginning, and you're going to be playing that race um, for the rest of the campaign. That character, obviously, is going to stay that race. Whereas classes, you can kind of multi-class into other different things, and you you don't know what will happen to your character's story. But a race is something you choose at the beginning that gives you benefits at the beginning, um, but doesn't really grow as, as, as you continue to play the game. You don't really get no abilities or anything like that from your race, um, but just the things to start off. So it can be something that is a little thrown to the side uh, when it comes to creating a character, whereas a class uh, seems much more relevant because that is, you know, you'll be getting abilities from that every single time you level up, and that's the one thing that you are kind of growing in. So a race... Um, kind of just adds a little bonus to some of your ability scores, like I said, strength or constitution or wisdom, things like that. And also will add a couple minor abilities um, or features. But I think the most important thing about it is what it means for the character and the role-playing aspects of it. Yes, the different bonuses to the abilities and other kind of side abilities can be helpful in combat and things like that and making your character powerful, but... Um, I think the main reason about choosing your race is, you know, what it comes down to at the story level and at the role-playing level, because the races, outside of physical differences, have are, are very different and very varied, and um, I, I think that matters a lot when it comes to who your character is and their personality, and um, even though obviously your character is going to be, you know, unique and doesn't have to be completely based off of... Um, what that race is and kind of like the personality it says that they have and things like that. But obviously your, you know, your race and everything that comes with it, like the history of that race and the culture of it and obviously the physical uh, characteristics is going to change the way you act. Um, the same way that, you know, depending on your class, uh, depends like that decides what you do in battle. So a race is really important. Um, and it can be really fun choosing a race, um, just like choosing a class. Uh, I would definitely encourage you to read through all of them. And once again, if, you know, you're kind of playing off of a stereotype or a cliche, um, there's, you might be playing a race off of that. Like the Elven Ranger, Legolas kind of thing, or the Dwarven, uh, fighter, kind of like Gimli, or Bruinor Battlehammer from the, um, Legend of Druids series. Um, you know, things like that, tropes like that, or like a human wizard, um, you can choose your race off of something like that because you already kind of know 
what their personality is, uh, like I described yesterday with, you know, using a stereotype and cliche. But yeah, choosing a race is really fun, and uh, so I'm going to today talk about the four most common races. Obviously, depending on what world you're playing in, some of the things I say won't be relevant or will be different, because obviously each race has different aspects about it, depending on what world you're in. The elves of Eberron are different from the elves of the Forgotten Realms, and the humans in Middle-earth are different from the humans in Westeros, and things like that. So, obviously, and all this stuff is cookie-cutter, and precisely how it always is, because, do, you know, depending on what kind of world you're playing in, the races will be different. One example is uh, they just released a book called The Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, which is... Um, a really, really great book. I'm one of, It's about a campaign setting called Ravnica, which is from the card game Magic the Gathering. And I'm going to be running my next campaign in that setting. But in that setting, there aren't any dwarves, and there aren't tieflings, and there aren't certain races, just because the world doesn't have them. And also the elves in that are described different than how they are in the player's handbook, because the culture and everything is different, so... It does come down to what world you're playing in, but most of what I'll be talking about today is pretty general, like, general when it comes to the races. Um, but yeah, so let's look at the four most common races uh, that, is, that is typically found in any world, and that is dwarf, elf, halfling, and human. Tomorrow, um, I'm going to be getting into the more rarer um, races, which like dragonborns, tieflings, gnomes orcs, things like that. But today, I'm just going to focus on the four most common races. So let's start off with dwarf. Alright, the dwarf. So with all these races, I'm going to break them down into their physical attributes, their personality, and their history slash culture. So starting with dwarves, um, with their physical attributes, they stand between 4 and 5 feet tall and weigh about 150 pounds. Um, Once again, and this will probably be my last thing on this, this will obviously vary depending on your campaign setting, um, but typically this is the average dwarf in you know most settings. This is the one that's used in basically every single D&D campaign setting and Middle Earth and such, uh, World of Warcraft, all that kind of thing. So they are shorter than humans, but they do weigh about the same because they are very um, stocky, very hardy, stout. Um, so yeah, they're very strong, they have really high constitution, they give bonuses to constitution um, because of just how, how stocky they are. Um, they can survive harsh weather conditions and take lots of blows. Um, really, really cool. The most common representation of dwarves, most famous, is that in The Hobbit. There's 13 dwarven characters in The Hobbit. And the plot revolves around their quest to retake um, their home from a dragon. So most of what dwarves mean in fantasy pop culture today, um, whether it be video games or novels and things like that, come from The Hobbit. So if you do kind of want a reference point, um, obviously that's a great resource. Um, Even if you don't, just read the book anyway because it's amazing. (laughs) Um, So that's their physical attributes. They also... Uh, live to be about 350 years. Um, that's just what it says in the player's handbook, which I believe 
is just based around the their world Forgotten Realms. But once again, depending on the world, they might live up to 500 or all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, they also grow beards and, you know, one of the main things, one of the most famous things about different dwarven cultures is about like how they decorate their beards or how long they grow it and things like that. So they are, they do grow a lot of hair. Um, even in some places like Middle Earth, even the women grow hair. Um, but in the Forgotten Realms, that's not how it works. Um, so that's their physical attributes. Their personality, they are very stubborn and passionate. And they hold grudges for a long, long time. Because they live much longer than some of the other races, like humans, halflings, dragonborn, things like that. Um, really, they're, they're only... Other race that kind of lives up the same amount as them are um, elves. And I think maybe gnomes, but those are um, much more rarer to find. So elves and dwarves live a very long time. And so because of that, the way they perceive uh, time and, you know, the way they grow is much slower. And so, you know, uh, the life of a human is not that long in comparison to their life. So, because they live so long, uh, they live through much more experiences than a human or halfling or anything like that ever will. Which means that they have a very long life, long backstory, um, and a lot of things stored up in their memory, which means that they can hold grudges for a long time because they live longer, and uh, time's a little bit different for them because... You know, one day seems much less of importance for them than for a human because a human has much less amount of days that they're going to live on average compared to a dwarf. So because of that, dwarves hold grudges for a really long time, whether it's a single individual or a whole, whole race of people or some kind of monster or some kind of uh, group or ideal. Um... And so because of that, they can be seen as uh, stubborn and a little abrasive. Not a lot of people, definitely like elves, who I will get into next, uh, don't really like them because of that. Because they can, you know, be hard to forgive and hard to let go of, things like that. But it also comes down to their passion. Um, they're very, very passionate, emotional people. Um, they love partying and they love battle, and they love just going all out in everything they do. Um, because another one of their things is building. They love smithing. They love constructing uh, things. So they're very passionate about all these different things, and that passion comes through um, in their personality. So typically they're very loud. Uh, they're boisterous. They're outspoken. And so um, this kind of personality... Uh, kind of just from holding grudges to being, you know, very passionate about everything, being a little stubborn, um, is kind of the uh, epitome of, like, of a dwarf and what has kind of made them, you know, stand out in different kind of fantasy things. And it is also why they're one of my favorite races. I absolutely love dwarves. The last character I created was a dwarf. Um, I just love everything about their culture and the personality and just, you know, being so passionate about things. And it does mean that when they're angry, they're really angry. 
but it also means when they're in battle, they're going as hard as they can. In everything they do, they're going um, as hard as they can, and it can be really, really fun to play. Also, typically, they have Scottish accents, which, you know, is so cool. So, um, Dwarves is one of my favorite races. Uh, I'm going to try not to be as biased in this these reviews, but Dwarf might be my favorite race of, of the four I'm talking about today. Um, but to get on to the third thing about their, their history, uh, kind of their culture, they typically um, live in clans. Um, so, you know, in, in groups, families, kind of things like that. And a clan can range from any um, amount of people. Some are like whole kingdoms, and then some are like whole villages. Um, so it depends. And then they typically have like a fortress. Um, because um, dwarves, uh, I'll get into the two sub-races in a second, but they typically live in two different kinds of biomes, mountains and hills. Um, their structures kind of mirror the biome that they live in. So like mountain dwarves will be building into the sides of mountains, uh, into great cave systems behind it, uh, while hill dwarves will be building more of like villages on top of hills and things like that. Um, more like, uh, you know, forts and fortifications and things like that. Whereas mountain, where mountain dwarves are building, literally like carving into mountains and carving things from stone. Um, this, the mountain dwarf is kind of the typical, stereotypical, um, dwarven home. It's, uh, in, in The Hobbit, Erebor is the great dwarven kingdom that the, the characters are trying to take back from the dragon. And that is carved into a mountain, great halls of stone. Things like that. Once again, because dwarves can live so long, they can take their time to construct massive things like this. And because of their tight um, like relationships with each other, their tight clan bond, um, they can really get a lot of stuff done because they're all working together. That is uh, another thing I actually forgot to touch upon about the personality is they're very could, they can get very they're very attached uh, with their people and their tribe. Um, so whether it's their clan that they're really attached to and they'll give their life for, or it's the adventuring party that they're with that they've come to adore, then they are very loyal, fiercely loyal um, to, the, to their companions. And anyone who threatens them, uh, you know, they'll go all out on them. So that's one portion of, of the culture of dwarves. Another is that they are artisans. Um, the typical dwarf is a, is a smithy. Right, someone who crafts armor and weapons, um, or anything like that with like steel and iron. Um, but dwarves are also known to be other kinds of artisans, whether it's you know maybe some sort of tinkerer, or architect, or a cook or anything like that. Um, but they are best known for um, being, um, you know, crafters when it comes to like armor and weapons and things like that. So that's kind of dwarves. Um, I just kind of look at like their physical attributes and what that means to their personality and their culture and all that kind of thing. They are really fun to play. Uh, they can make really cool NPCs um, because of their, their fierceness and uh, their kind of personality. And, you know, just the idea of like a small person just totally kicking ass. Um, being super crazy on the battlefield. Uh, so they're a really cool race and one that you should definitely look into. Um, but next, we're going to be looking at elves. So elves, uh, one of the most famous fantasy races 
Um, they can be seen everywhere in all kinds of pop culture. Um, World of Warcraft, Lord of the Rings, all that kind of thing. Elves are everywhere. Um, about as common as dwarves. And the, you know, kind of the most important thing when it comes to elves is no. This is not referring to Santa's tiny little elves. Um, this is referring to kind of the tall, graceful, uh, slender beings of magic and um, who can shoot a bow and all that kind of thing. Um, and these, these elves, these kinds of elves, which uh, really originated from Tolkien's work uh, in The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, um, are a really famous race. A lot of people want to play them, um, probably because Legolas is awesome. Um, but yeah, they're a really cool race. And so let's start by talking about their physical attributes. They range from five to six feet tall, like a human. Um, in some worlds, they're like taller, a little, like half a foot to a foot taller than humans. Um, but in the in the player's handbook, they're described as five to six feet tall, and they're very slender and lithe. Um, however, they live about twice uh, the age of dwarves. They live to be about seven hundred to seven hundred fifty years old. Um, so how I was just talking about how dwarves, you know, their long lives can lead them to, you know, have certain personality traits and things like that. Elves are that times two. I mean, they live seven, like over, like eight or so times longer than the average human or halfling and two times longer than a dwarf and are by far the, the longest lived race. And so that obviously can have a really big effect on the way they view the world, on the way they view people. The lifetime of a human is just a blink of an eye for an elf. They live for so much longer than that. They can see an entire human child, you know, grow up, go to adulthood, and then become an elderly person and die. And that's only a seventh of their life. So, elves are really interesting um, because of that. They are, um, yeah, very dexterous. Very agile beings, um, and they typically have like long hair. Um, their skin color can definitely range from all sorts, and also kind of depends on what uh, sub race they are. High elves are much more like learned kind of beings, and they probably have like golden kind of blonde hair. Wood elves are more kind of down to earth. Um, more combat-focused uh, nature elves, and they're probably more of, like, brunettes and kind of darker-skinned. And then dark elves, also known as drow, are completely black-skinned, um, and they have silver hair, and they're evil and, you know, much, much of a, of a darker race than all the other kinds of elves. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of the physical description of them. Personality-wise, um, they are very wise and very intellectual they have spent years and years and years and years learning um all kinds of things because they live so long they can take up all different kinds of of crafts um they can be interested in art and music and literature and history and and you know fighting and all these different kinds of things poetry um magic nature because they live so long they can kind of go into all these different things and get interested in many different things. And so they're they typically know a lot. They have 
a lot of information that they've learned from experience or from, you know, reading tons and tons of books. Um, because they have such a long life, they can learn and perfect all these different kinds of skills, which is really cool. Um, because, you know, for someone like a human, their lives are not that long, so they really only have time to perfect one or two main skills, whereas an elf can really, you know, dive deep into multiple different, uh, you know, interests and kind of learn everything they can about that because their lives are so long. So this has led them to be very intellectual. They know a lot, uh, and they have, a lot, have had, had a lot of experience, so they can be very wise. Um, however, it also can lead them to be a little more stuck up and arrogant because, you know, they can see some of the other races as lesser, not as smart, not as wise, brash, idiotic. Um, definitely when it comes to dwarves, a classic fantasy trope is that elves and dwarves don't get along. Um, once again, it depends on the world and the racial dynamics there, but elves can be super, or, or, you know, can be super arrogant and stuck up because, you know, they believe all, all these other races, they live much shorter than I have and they can't possibly have learned as much as I have or gained the kind of experience I have. So I know better than them and I'm smarter than them. And so I'm above them. And so not, it, you know, this can lead them to not be really liked by other races because they're so stuck up and arrogant and things like that. Um, but, you know, some might also defend them by saying, well, yeah, like, that makes sense because they've, they've lived so long and they've learned so much, and so they are right in being able to, you know, look down on other people because they do know more and they have had more experience. But, you know, they can also be really kind, and they, you know, some of them really love nature, and things like that. So the the personality of an elf is typically one that is very kind of thoughtful and slow. They can take their time because they've they've lived such long lives. Um, very wise, very intellectual, but can sometimes come across as kind of stuck up. Their culture uh, is very into learning and wanderlust. Um, they love discovery. And they love learning everything they can. Oh, excuse me, there, there's, a, there's a plane flying overhead, so sorry if you catch some of that. Um, they're artists. They can, they can like, get interested in music and poetry and painting and uh, the art of combat and all these different things, once again, because they have such long lives. Um, and because of this, they sort of hide away into, like, forests or, you know, misty mountains or underground, like the Dark Elves, um, where they just kind of spend their time perfecting these interests and learning as much as they can, or going out and discovering um, the great mysteries of the world. Um, so they are not as much into um, the social um, aspect of the world as some other races might be, just because they prefer, they prefer to you know, do things on their own and just kind of learn what they can and perfect a certain skill. And they like solitude and they like, you know, that kind of thing. Obviously, depending on the world and depending on your character, they can be much more social, like, um, m you know, much more social in that aspect. And, you know, prefer to be a diplomat or someone like that who, you know, can have really strong political views because they've lived so long and they've seen different kind of political um 
like situations like rise and fall and different political views fail or succeed. Um, but yeah, for the most part, they're they're artists and learners and adventurers. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the elf. All right, now we get to the other awesome, awesome race, the halfling. I know earlier I said the dwarves were probably going to be my favorite race I, I talk about today. But now that I'm looking back over halfling, I mean, I really, really like this race. The first character I ever created was a halfling bard. Um, I really, really like these guys. So uh, let's jump into uh, why they're so cool. Um, physically, they are small. They're called halflings for a reason. Um, they average about three feet tall and weigh about 40 pounds. This is an adult halfling. They are the smallest race by far, even a foot under gnomes. Um, and so they're called halfling because typically they're half the height of that of a human. Um, they are quite nimble, though. Um, and, you know, they can be very sneaky and light on their feet um, because of their size and because of their weight. Um, and though, so, you know, the average halfling is, you know, pretty nimble and dexterous because of their culture and the kind of thing I'll get into later, uh, many of them can be much more chubby and fat and overweight, um, which would not, you know, lead them to be as nimble and dexterous, but they are a, um, yeah, they're a very small, small people, and they live about the, um, a, a little longer than a human, 30 to 50 years longer than a human, um, but yeah, so that's kind of their physical attributes. Um, there are two different sub-races detailed in the player's handbook, Lightfoot and Stout, um, they're pretty similar. Lightfoot ones are, you know, kind of the nimble, dexterous ones who, you know, maybe like fishing or hunting or, you know, using their small fingers to craft things or build things. And so they're, they're naturally stealthy and things like that, where stout halflings are a little stockier, a little more dwarven-like, um, and so may have resistance to more of, you know, like things like poison or weather conditions, um, or may have more stamina, just because they're much physically stouter and hardier. However, when it comes to personality and culture, um, both sub-races are quite similar. So the personality of a halfling is one that is cheery and happy-go-lucky and content. Um, they are a just a nice, um, just happy group of people. Um, they just love the simple things in life. They just love, you know, talking with friends, you know, late into the night while drinking a nice little cup of wine and, you know, smoking a pipe. And they are very simple people that it doesn't take much to satisfy them. Just a good conversation or a good hard day's work on the farm or, uh, you know, just anything really can just satisfy them. A, a good pastry, a good piece of music. Um, and so because of that, they are just content people. They don't typically have a lot of things that they, you know, can get angry about or that they're frustrated about. They don't hold grudges very long like dwarves. They're quick to forgive. Um, basically, every other race likes them and likes being around them. And they like to be around other people, too. They get, a, you know, they have a lot of fun out of social interaction. They love talking to people. They love stories. They love adventures, um, things like that. So they're just a really fun, really cool race um, when it comes to their personality. 
Um, this can lead them to be a little naive and um, a little dim just because they haven't had a ton of experiences themselves and they don't have too much of a drive for, you know, going out and learning or going out and mastering anything just because they're content with so little. Um, but it can lead them just to be, you know, someone who's really easy to, to be around and hang out with just because they typically don't make it about themselves. Uh, they're not really selfish in any regards. Um, and they don't really hold grudges or anything like that. So they're just, they're just really cool. Um, they're based off of hobbits um, from, you know, Tolkien's Middle Earth. Um, so yeah, they're, they're personality-wise, they're just they're really, really fun, really happy, really content. And their culture is, uh, you know, re reflects that. They typically live in, like, kind of small villages uh, where some of them farm and then some of them cook. Um, just, just, you know, they just have the things they need to survive. And anything else that can kind of just give them pleasure. So, like, some of them might be musicians um, or things like that. Uh, you know, typically, though, kind of a... a trademark of the halfling is kind of like a you know pipe weed thing like that they love smoking they love drinking they love um you know just parties things like that so their culture is you know very much like just living in like a a calm just you know regular old village they don't need much to satisfy them they don't need tons of trade they don't need tons of travelers um they just need you know their family and their food and their music and things like that to just kind of be content. So they don't require a lot. However, some halflings, you know, are, you know, quite curious about the world. And they do love stories and things like that. So they may go out. Um, and they may go try to learn what they can. And go on adventures and things like that. And typically this is what a, you know, a D&D &D character will be. If it's based off a halfling. Right? If you're a halfling. You're probably not going to be one who is just content with just sitting around all day. Or just doing their duty and just spending time with family um, because they're not going to go out and be, you know, go on adventures, which is what D&D is made for. So there are definitely those halflings who do want to learn what they can and go out and have experiences so that they can tell the stories back at home. Um, so those are, that's kind of the kind of halfling you'll probably be playing if you're um, going to be playing a halfling as your uh, race. I really, really like them. Um, they're just... Such a such a cool, uh, chill race. Um, you know, I feel like we kind of know some people like that in the real world. You know, people it doesn't take a lot to please them. They just kind of enjoy being, you know, around family and friends and, you know, a nice meal and things like that. So uh, that's basically Halfling. And we can go on to the final race um, of the four most common races in the Player's Handbook, Human. All right, so the Human. Now, this one is a little strange because unlike all the other fantasy races and the races you can play in D&D, humans are real. We are all humans. We know what humans are. We are one ourselves. So what does this mean? Is it different or is it the same in D&D? And all that kind of thing. And so humans can be kind of a, a perplexing uh, race uh, in D&D or just any kind of fantasy thing because that's something that we're most familiar with and so it can be a little hard to pinpoint exactly you know how to play a human and what they are and 
that can lead some to not really like playing humans at all, while others can find it to be really, really fun. When, you know, you first hear about the game, or if you're kind of a fantasy buff, um, you don't want to play a human. You want to play an elf, or you want to play a dwarf, or a dragonborn, or a tiefling, or anything like that, because why would you want to play a human? You, you live as a human every day. You want to play something totally different, and that can be completely fine. Um, that's definitely a reason to play a human. In D&D, you're playing a game, you're taking on the role of a character you made up. Um, and so, you know, you, you may not want to just be playing a human because you already know what that's like. You want to play something that you don't know what it's like, like a dwarf or an elf, and that, that, that's really cool. And that's definitely what I thought when I first started playing the game. Uh, I thought I would, I would never play a human because what's the point? You know, I don't have to experience a you know, story of a human because I'm experiencing my own in my own life. But some other people might, might see it as the other races might be a little daunting to them, or they may not know a lot about fantasy. They maybe are not in that kind of area of pop culture. And so playing a human is much safer to them because they understand how a human thinks and understand how a human acts um, because they've spent all their lives around them. So that's also a reason you may want to play human. Um, and I think they outline it really good in the player's handbook um, because really what is there to say about humans that... You know, you don't really already know as a human yourself. Um, typically in D&D, once again, depends on the campaign setting, but humans are the most common race. Uh, they're everywhere. They are, you know, there's a variety of what humans can be, just like real life. Humans are not typically confined to any, you know, kind of stereotype or cliche because, like in real life, humans are all different kinds of people who have all different kinds of interests, look all different kinds of ways, and things like that. So a human allows you to explore any kind of character you want. And while other races might confine you a little more to a sort of personality or, or class or things like that, humans can do anything, and they can be anyone. And they're ambitious, and they're, they're forerunners, and they, they're the ones who go out and they build cities, and they do things, and they go on adventures... And they explore, because they have very, very short lives. They're some, one of the shortest-lived races um, in D&D. So they're using their lives to go out and get things done. And that's just like how it is here. Humans are constantly finding new ways to, um, you know, solve problems or, you know, find ways to, you know, explore things and learn things. And so in D&D, that's kind of what they they plot out in the player's handbook is that humans are an ambitious race of people and they're forerunners and they, they create cities and they create legacies and things like that. And I think that's kind of a, a really good way to describe them and a really good way to, uh, a really good basis when, you know, creating a human and playing a human is they have short lives, definitely compared to all these other races. And so they're trying to go out there and make an impact on the world and, you know, create a lasting legacy or a lasting institution. And that's really cool and that's really enticing. And that's one of the reasons I want to play a human in uh, the next campaign that I'm going to be playing a player, a character as. Um, if you listen to episode four with Gabe, uh, my friend Gabe, and he's going to be running a campaign very soon and I'm going to be playing it as a human cleric. Um... Not only was a human a good fit for the, the story, uh, the kind of character that I wanted to build, 
Um, it's just, it, it, it's, there's a lot of variety there and a lot of substance there um, that I can pull on because I know what it is to be human and I know all kinds of humans. And so I, I have a, a much better understanding of a human than I'll ever have of any of the other races. And that can make them really cool and really fun to play. Um, obviously, I don't need to give you physical descriptions or anything like that um, because you know what a human is. Uh, and you know all the different kinds of humans, all the different kinds of personalities they can have, all the different kinds of cultures. Um, so, yeah, the, the human is the fourth uh, kind of main race of D&D. Dwarf, elf, halfling, and human are described as like, the most commonly spread throughout. Um, they most commonly appear in fantasy pieces, books, video games, things like that. Uh, the five we'll be getting into tomorrow are considered much more rare. Uh, once again, it depends on what kind of world you're playing in, but they're a little more rare. They don't appear as much in different things. Um, I believe one of them is, or maybe even two of them, are completely created for D&D and, you know, haven't appeared anywhere else. Um, but yeah, so today I just kind of want to go over the, the four most common races and, um, you know, those, their, you know, kind of physical attributes and their personality and their history, their cultures, um, and... You know, why you might want to play them. Maybe as, as I was describing them, something, you know, kind of stuck out to you, you were interested in. Uh, definitely look into any races you might be interested in. It's a really cool aspect, uh, aspect of D&D. And it can be really cool um, playing all, like any, any different kind of race. And, you know, kind of exploring their personality and things like that. Okay, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you learned something. I hope I answered some of your questions. I hope I might have inspired you a bit, gotten you interested in one of these one of these cool races. Um, so tomorrow, I will make a part two of this uh, reviewing races, talking about the next five in the player's handbook. Um, but until then, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.